Get Pucked. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Get Pucked podcast. Here with you, Dave, Matt, Vito. And again, this episode brought to you by Cafe Victoria's. You can find them at 8600 L'Angelier in St. Leonard, Quebec, or at cafevictorias.com. We know that a bunch of you are very eager to know who won the contest. We do have our winner. Um, After putting all the names in a random generator, uh, we came out, and the winner of the Habs jersey giveaway is Mr. Pierre Savoie. Pierre Savoie, congratulations. We're going to be in touch with you. You get one of these. We're going to reach out to you for your contact information, uh, and you'll need to let us know the size of the jersey and which player you want on the back of it. So thank you to Pierre. Thank you to everybody else who subscribed. We hope to keep you around. There will be more giveaways in the future. Do not worry. Uh, and again, just everybody, we really do appreciate all of you subscribing, listening, taking the time. It's been fantastic. We're going to keep this ball rolling. So, gentlemen, the season's over. Hey, it's done. Last game finished. Thank Went out with goodness. a bang. Thank goodness. Well, on that note, Vito, you can start. Give me one emotion that sums up the Habs 2021-2022 season. Relief. I'm going to go with relief. Okay. The, se- the season is over. It was a really yeah. bad season, and uh, the expectations were very high at the beginning of the season. Uh, albeit, I was a bit more realistic in terms of you know who was going to be the Shea Weber replacement, and he never found one. And, and they kind of plugged some holes and, and brought in every fourth-line player that every, team, every other team didn't want on the roster. Um, so, I mean, with that being said, it was expectation. The expectations were high. And now that the season is over, I'm just relieved. I want to move forward. I don't want to look back at this season anymore. It's done. Let's move on. Relief. Okay. More about the end of the season, I imagine. Yeah. Okay. So, Fair enough. Well, Fair enough. Call it. It's more about the beginning, middle, and end. Because was there ever a, po- a point in the season that was actually positive enough to say, oh, okay, I feel good about it. There was not one single period of the yeah. entire season yeah, that I would first say. period of game oh, 1 was okay but yeah i get your point <laughs> all right my uh, my uh, my emotion is hope i think i think that uh you know for hope. the first time um we talk about the rebuild we talk about resetting or whatever the hell you want to call it and it looks like they're on the right track right they did a, they had an amazing trade deadline they brought in some new guys good management uh the head coach that's there uh you know people seem to like him they love him um, and I think that, you know, they finished last. They did what everybody wanted, you know, midway through the year. I think the, the goal shifted to finishing last. They nailed it. They did it. And now, um, it's just a season where I, I don't recall a season that was as disastrous and as terrible as this one, mm. where everyone is as hopeful as, as you weren't uh, alive, Dave. <laughs> no, but I mean, I mean, true. No, in any, I, I'm talking about like any team in the NHL where a fan base is as hopeful as they are now. Right. I think that. You look at what's what happened, and instead of like people being uh, uncertain and uneasy with the direction, people are just happy and 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 okay, let's go, let's see what happens this off season, and maybe next year that hope will run out, <laughs> and that and you know uh, the honeymoon will be over. But for this season, it was an odd sense of hope for me. At least midway, like at no point in the season, I I saw it coming. I saw this. I, I didn't think they would be this bad, but I didn't think they would be gr- too great. After I, I spoke about it at the beginning of the year, I spoke about the holes in this row. I knew that they weren't going to have a good year, and as soon as they kind of embraced it and and moved forward into the next season and into the future, I think that that gave hope to pretty much a lot of people. So, hope, hope, 
hope and relief. These are probably sentiments felt mostly through the fan base, I'd imagine. So those are good, good points. Uh, I I'm in agreement. I think I think those are two fantastic emotions, and and ultimately the relief that the pain is over. I was going to go with despair personally, like that was my <laughs> feeling for the season. Relief now that it's over, and hope for the future. So so yes, 100% agree with you, boys. And and part of that hope maybe uh, it might be contingent on my next question here. So the 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 players had their exit interviews with the media. A lot of people tuned in. A lot of people listened. Tons of people making comments about it. Obviously, the big question moving on into the offseason is probably the biggest question um, is Carey Price. So he admitted himself to one of the questions, very candid, very open. Uh, and he was asked if he prepared any differently for that last game against Florida, to which he answered, uh, yes, he prepared like it was potentially his last. Um, these were very poignant words, very, very strong. He he was like to the point. He said it and it was true. Um, what does... The Montreal Canadiens look like without Carey Price moving forward. Is this is this going to be something where if he's not around, you expect them to like be bottom bottom tier for a much longer period of time? Do you think that there's already a chance that the team is on the uptick and he hadn't really played much this year at all? The the six games at the end there. What what does the Habs look like, Dave? Um. I don't know. That's a big hole. If, if Carey Price is going to, as much as that we want to say that we want to get rid of that contract and, and, you know, it's a, it's an albatross of a contract. It's going to look bad. And if, you know, it, it already kind of looks bad already. And, and if it's it just Carey Price was an integral part of this team. Right. And he, he, you didn't have a question mark at goaltending, which I think you will have if you go with Jake Allen and whoever else you want, like a, you bring in another veteran again, like a, they did with Andrew Hammond or whatever, or a slightly better version of that. I mean, without Carey Price, this team is lacking a starting goaltender. Again, right back to square one, you know, and so you're going to have to go out and get one. And that's going to be a huge, a huge thing. And then it depends on, you know, I'm not convinced Carey Price's career is over. Uh, to me, I think that he still has a few years in him. I mean, he, he looked uneasy with that knee, but if he could get a second opinion and if he could get surgery on that knee again and work it, maybe he would come back in time. You know, he said he... he he also said during that press conference that he hoped to come back in time for the start of the season, right? So yep. I guess it all depends. Uh, I'm not a I'm not a doctor, so it's hard to to really uh, you know, and, and also mentally, how much does he have left? You know, after we know what he's been through and whatnot. Um, I don't know, man. This team needs Carey Price, I think, and and I think that if you look at the at the or or someone similar. Or someone sim or a starting goaltender, and how are they going to go get a starting goaltender? That's that's going to be well. There, there, there's your big your biggest question without without a doubt. You know, you got something to say. It it it, it wants to burst out of you. What? No, hey. I'm just I'm a little surprised that Dave said that we need Carey Price. I mean, he's made it clear in previous episodes that he would be willing to move on from him and his cap hit. But uh, Dave's not wrong when he says the Canadians do need Carey Price because I've also said there's nobody in the pipeline to take over the mantle and I'm very hopeful that Carey Price does come back and if the Montreal Canadiens are concerned going forward not for maybe next year but the years out years to come then address that need and have that goalie that's going to come in to learn from Carey Price I do believe I do believe that Carey Price is not done I mean he did say that you know he 
there's some swelling in his knee, which which seemed obvious to me. I know I had tweeted about it when people were saying his career is over. I'm like, maybe he just has some swelling in his knee. The surgery, it, it takes time. And I've had surgeries myself more uh, towards my ankle. It takes time to fully recover from any form of surgery. Some people, it's a little quicker than others. But you have to give it like a good year before you really know what you're going to be like. And uh, you ask any doctor who d- performs surgeries, they're going to tell you the same thing. In about a year from now, year and maybe a little bit more, you'll know how you're going to hold up. And by the time the next season rolls around, or maybe by the time midsummer comes around, it will have been a year. And he's going to go through some training, and he's going to figure it out then. If he's still uneasy and still is struggling as much as he is now, then yeah, a decision will be made. But I do think that Carey Price, if he does come back, he's got four years left. And I think at the very least, we're going to get two good years from Carey Price. And, and what do you what do you guys say about those that think that it's a win-win about the Carey Price situation? If he comes back, he only comes back if he's in perfect shape and gives the the Canadians the best chances of winning and he's your backbone and the team will will clearly not be in the position that they are now 32nd in the league versus the other people that are suggesting well if he doesn't come back, what better time for the Canadians to have another terrible year? With this next draft coming up, which by most people's uh, opinion is it's considerable. Even if it is a terrible year next year, I'd be very surprised that it would be as bad as this one. I'd be very surprised that Montreal would finish dead last. And that's that's the reason why most people are saying that they want Connor Bedard. I just don't see unless you're they're starting. Well, well goalie, to be fair, Mark it's Elmo? not just Connor Bedard though, right? Like obviously he's the clear cut super generational talent everybody's talking about. But from what I've been reading, it looks like the top ten, even top fifteen next year are all going to be incredibly good picks. Well, if that's the case and it's a top fifteen, then plug Montreal somewhere in there because that's where they're going to be. With at, or without Carey. No, without Carey Price, they're definitely going to be there. With Carey Price, it depends on the rest of the roster and how it's going to so, shape out. So, so you would strong. then you agree then that it, it potentially is a, a win-win for the organization. He comes back, they play better. Who knows what happens? He doesn't come back. They're in that 15. They get if, a good Carey, if Carey Price comes back and he's able to play at about 85-90% of his capabilities, Montreal flirts with playoffs. They, I don't think wow. they make it, but they'll flirt with the playoffs. Okay. Without Carey Price, and if your goalies are Allen and Montembeau, and they still don't have a quarterback defenseman to help out in the back end, then no, they're not going to make it. We'll have some fun moments. We'll see some kids doing some nice things. And, you know, maybe they don't finish that last. It'll be like, okay, it's progress. And that's how we're going to look at it. Dave? I mean, again, that depends on what the plan is for this offseason. And I think all these questions are moot until we can answer that, right? Like, no one knows what direction this team is going to go in. You know, are they going to go pick up some, just some veterans, that's it, to plug in into the defense, and that's it, and go status quo up front, have Christian Dvorak as your second-line center and hope for the best? Or are they going to go for it? Are they going to go try to sign, you know, some good young talent? You know, that there's some great free agents out there, good good RFAs out there. Are they going to try to make some moves, you know, inquire about some players who are possibly on the market? That changes the answer, right? It, it's impossible to know what they're going for. Obviously, if they're going to tank, you don't want Carey Price there because Carey Price is going to win you some games. But I don't think that's their plan. It doesn't seem to be their plan because one telling thing that that Ken Hughes said in the in the, in the exit interviews at the, at the press conference is he said he doesn't want a lot of rookies on the fence, right? He, he, he wants to plug in. He wants to go get a veteran guy, which to me spells Latang and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't seem like a team to me that wants to tank, right? Like, like – ideally you would put all the rookies there, make them learn on the fly. You, you already have some veterans, go get a, go get some veterans, but like that aren't as established 
and then you could you could really embrace the tank if that's what you're you're going for. So to me, again, until we see that first two three moves of what the Canadians are going for in this offseason, it's going to be hard to tell. But what I said, you, you touched on it, Vito, before you said kind of like, oh, you're surprised of what, what I said, because trading Carey Price is one thing, because that means it's a clear, clean break from the organization. Carey Price is gone, and now you can move on from him, right, which is a good thing. And then you could go look for that starting goaltender. My fear is that Carey Price toils in this will he, won't he for the next two, three years, and they don't really have any replacement for another two, three years, because you can't replace him until he's for sure gone. And that's my biggest fear. Fair my enough. biggest fear is that Carey Price says, oh, you know what? I'm going to take this surgery. Give me another year now. And now what do you do? Now you're in this. Okay, so now we have Jake Allen. Well, they could still prepare, right? They would still prepare to go. They go and try to get him maybe a, a Samsonov or a Georgiev or, or whatever as an, as an example. And that person in the time being will get paid, will get a certain salary. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, they got to uh, be prepared to take a small contract too, yeah. right? Yeah, you're also going to have to give up stuff. Like those guys yeah, aren't going to sure. go free, right? For sure. So like, it, to me, it, it's it's either you want Carey Price a clear cut on the team or a clear cut, and that's the ideal situation. So, well, one thing's for sure. Well, hold on a second. Hold gonna... on, hold on, hold on, because I don't want to take all the time about Carey Price, and and it's a perfect segue about another player who may or may not be on the team. I didn't think he'd be on the teeter totter, but Jeff Petrie's exit interview kind of threw a monkey wrench into what I think most people's understanding was that he's gone. Everybody penciled, almost put him in pen that this offseason Jeff Petrie was going to get moved to one degree or another. Now, suddenly, his tune changed. He said he's not closing the book on coming back. He's going to talk to his family. He's going to reassess. But with, with Martin St. Louis coming and, and the change and getting happy again. So would you guys prefer that Jeff Petrie is traded for all the, the reasons that were mentioned previously? Or now that he's more inclined to, to stick around and he'll be happier and potentially get back to the Jeff Petrie of old, would you prefer to keep him around? Vito. Oh, all right. I I don't I don't want to I don't want to go through this again with Jeff Petrie. I don't want it to be where halfway through the season, if he's unhappy, he's going to come out saying that he wants out again, and we're going to go through the same song and dance all over again. So he initially said he wants uh, to go, and he he wanted to bail when things were bad, and he wasn't happy uh, or whatever. Uh, yes, I understand. He didn't see his family. Um, he wanted to be closer with his family. They were you know, in the states. I understand that you know, based on his, his his exit interview, he did mention something about how you know Ducharme really didn't want to change his ways and was really stubborn in that sense, and it kind of affected how things went. I get it, but although it was fun with St. Louis, we don't know if St. Louis is gonna work out for Jeff Petrie come 20 games into the next season, and maybe Jeff Petrie is gonna feel the same way. I don't want I don't want to go through that again and wondering if he is gonna want to get out, and then we're gonna have trouble trading him again, and he's gonna have a down year again. So. His value clearly has gone up a little bit because in the last 22 games, I think, or 23 games, he was 21 and 22, something to that effect. I, I can't remember. Yeah, he played very, very well. He was doing very, very well. So if that's the case, move on from him, but not at any cost. So basically, he he hurt you. He hurt your heart, and, and you're just not prepared to... to <laughs> okay, I hurt you. my heart. No, I got you. I understand. I just don't want to... Vito only this. gets burned once. You don't burn him more than I once. I don't want to take the risk or take the gamble that he's going to feel this way again. Twenty games very into the next season, very, and then very after fair. that, we're going to be what's happening come trade deadline. Is Jeff Petrie going to stay or go? And he's one year older at this point. That's very fair. That's very fair, Dave. 
I think Jeff Peters is as good as gone. I think like three questions into Ken Hughes' answer, he said, we're still going to try to trade Jeff Petrie this summer. <laughs> and, uh, and he made it very clear. And that's probably going to give us some cap flexibility. I think he, he made that perfectly clear. Jeff Petrie was put in front of like 75 people from Montreal. What's he going to say? You know, he's facing the media in front of okay. 75 homegrown people. He's going to be like, oh, I hate the city. This your, your lockdown restrictions are yeah, stupid. Well, of course he's not going to say that. Of course he's going to say, oh, well, you know, I don't want to close the door on this beautiful organization. What a great time we had here. He's going to suck up to the media and then he's going to move on. He was, huh. he was on there for 23 minutes. Right. Man. That's way too long, first off. Like, who needs to hear from Jeff Petrie for 23 minutes? And I just think that, you know, at this point, he's going to be dealt. I don't, I don't see him coming back to the team. I, don't, I think that, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm not inside the room, but like, I can't be, a, you know, everyone goes through a hard patch and a rough, rough, rough times. And, and it could be personal and stuff like that. But like, if I'm a teammate of Jeff Petrie and, you know, I went through that rough time too, but I didn't quit on the team. Like he played atrocious in the beginning of the season, right? Like atrocious. And he, and again, I want to, point everyone back to last year's playoff run he wasn't that great either he wasn't the jeff petrie that we knew during the season and the seasons before jeff petrie is on the downturn of his career i would say move him as fast as you can all right very good i like Fair jeff points petrie. i like jeff Fair. petrie too. Don't get yeah me and, and i and you know i know you're joking but i'm sure he does love the city and he probably really does love the organization i think jeff petrie is a victim of of you know the COVID situation and stuff and and perhaps whether he said it or not in the interview Obviously, he didn't mesh well with the previous coach, and he did a little bit better so with Martin. Clearly, the production was there. So, you know, I get it, right? But I also believe he's he's as good as gone. Um, speaking of Martin, speaking of Marty, he had another interesting thing that he brought up that I, I was kind of a little bit perplexed, maybe because it's still he's still, in the grand scheme of things, relatively new as head coach. He said he's very comfortable with his assistant coaches. This is assistant coaches that were there from the previous regime, the previous coach, previous everything, right? So, well, I guess the first and most important question is, does coaching register with you guys? Does it really matter? Is it worth taking time to discuss the coaches of a team? And and if so, is should should Martin St. Louis be encouraged to go maybe get one of one or two of his own guys? Or is the status quo cool with you and, and it's fun? And he really does seem to have chemistry with these dudes. Dave. Yes, I think coaching matters. I think coaching can be overrated when you have a really, really good team. But I think that for on the most part, we saw it this year. Look what Dom Duchamp did. You know, he caused a yeah. lot of harm to the Montreal Canadiens. And I think that when you have a team like the Canadians, Canadians are like the microscope, and and you could put them up as the the poster boy for why coaching matters. How many times have we said, "Oh, this power play is going to be good on paper"? Shea Weber's coming in. Oh, on paper, Shea, this power play is going to be great. Jonathan Drouin. Oh, this. And look what happens. Their power play is the worst. It's terrible. terrible. They don't Disgusting. have good a good, to, in my opinion, the personnel in, in charge. Alex Burroughs, to me, is not a special teams guy. It's it's really hard to, to – and I know, like, is it worth discussing? I don't know. That, that's another thing. Are enough people interested to talk about this stuff? <laughs> I don't know. But at the end of the day, it surprised me when he said that. And it it, it, it for me – it's one or two things. One, he doesn't know if he has the ability to change his, his assistant coaches yet. And he doesn't want to throw them under the bus. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be bringing in my own people. And then all of a sudden, oops, you're stuck with Alex Burroughs <laughs> all year, right? So maybe that hadn't even been discussed yet. They and were extended, was, right? They got three-year yeah, terms well, that, too. So that's that's the thing. So to me, it looks as though he's going to stick with it. And that's where maybe his, his inexperience in coaching comes through where he's just like kind of there and he wants people who have been behind the bench already in Montreal to kind yeah. of guide, like, you know, he wants to lean on them a little bit. 
And maybe he's going to realize like 10 or 15 games in, maybe that's not the right move. Bear in mind, who would be his people? Having not coached well, anywhere else. Thing. I mean, yeah. obviously you would need help from, from somebody yeah. Jeff Gordon, to, 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 to help bring in somebody. But to me, yeah. this is coaching staff ain't it. If you're going to, I mean, all right. I, I have my reservations about it. Even the head coach, to be honest. Um, but. Oh my goodness. You're taking <laughs> shots at Marty now. Look, I, I like the guy. Sold? I'm not. I'm just not sold. I'm not taking shots at him, and I'm not saying he he, he has plenty of time to prove me wrong, right? But uh, I'm just true. flabbergasted, and I, I don't want to go through this again because I think I, I talk about this every episode. But I'm just flabbergasted that like 99% of this fan base is locked that Marty San Luis should be back, could be back, give him the keys, give him, and it's kind of like, man, like you don't want to consider somebody else, or you don't want to like go look at what's there, maybe look at what, because mm. we saw a lot towards the end. We saw a lot of the things that were plaguing the Canadians resurface and it kind of scares me a little bit. And I think that everyone's kind of caught up in that hope I was talking about and, and really ready to disregard that. But when it comes down to game eight of the, of next, right next season and you're struggling and, and I don't know, man, there, there's something about it that worries me a little bit. In the deep okay. down. He's unproven, which is fair. It's fair to be worried. It's fair to be concerned. Obviously, all his coaching experience was what we saw at the NHL level this year. It makes perfect sense to have your reservations. I do believe, however, he will be the guy for better or worse. And I just think that with new guys on the roster and stuff and like uh, putting more time in and really holding his own style of what he wants to do. I won't say system because he doesn't believe in it. His style um we're gonna see some better results but that's fair yeah. that's fair again that could very well happen i'm just i have my reservation that's all fair fair say if the goal is that the canadians are going to be going through a continue this rebuild transition whatever then have the unproven coach have it because the worst thing you can do is have a coach that is proven and he fails the it fails the fan base fails the team fails everybody all over again and then we go through this anyways marty st louis seems to be uh, you know, uh, seems to be making the players happy. He seems to be working well with the fans, the media, and all that. So it's nothing but positive right now, even if it is a losing record. It's a losing record on a last-place team during a, a terrible season. So give him the benefit of the doubt um, with regards to being the coach full-time next year. Now, as for his assistants, even if they were – if he were to make a change, I think he'd keep Luke Richardson anyways, given that they're former teammates and he knows, that, he knows them very well. And, and Luke Richardson – Everybody's saying nothing but positive things about him. Could they work connection. on? Yep. Yeah, he's got the connection. Could he work on yep. the PK maybe, or maybe improve the PK in that way? Um, yeah, but at the same time, they did lose some key pieces for the PK anyway this year at the after the trade deadline. So I'm gonna give the benefit of the doubt there as well. And they never, you know, Luke Richardson went from having Shea Weber and Ben Sherratt and Lekkinen and Dano to help the penalty kill to, uh, by the end of this year, he didn't have any of them. So that's a big hit on the PK. Now, as for the power play and Alex Burroughs, if there's going to be a change, I would think that. And I would probably, you know, uh, consider demoting, if you want to say, Alex Burroughs to, to Laval Rocket and just bring in somebody that is a little bit more proven at the NHL level for special teams, for the forwards, and for the offense. But an offensive, but it'd have to be somebody who's offensive minded to kind of complement St. Louis. And that's what I think should happen. But will it happen? <laughs> Maybe Jeff Molson comes out and says in the back in the background, saying these guys just got extended for three years. I can't keep paying coaches. Oh, sure he can. Sure he can. You got a bunch Listen. of guys coming off the books. He's got plenty of money. I'm not concerned. Hey, about most of people are on strike. Okay, he has a lot to deal with. <laughs> His beard well, is going great, right? <laughs>
Excellent. All right. I want to talk about a little bit of a retrospective, gentlemen. We we had the just to speed it up, a little forewarning for everybody listening. I did ask them the questions ahead of time so they could produce the answers, but they're going to dive into who they chose. I have a couple of um, of questions about the players on the team of the last year, starting with uh, who was, in your opinion, the most improved player on the team? Vito, I think we'll start with you. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Most improved player on the team. Okay, I feel like Dave is going to say Suzuki. So I'll, I'll go with Romanov. Huh. Okay. I'll say Romanov only because yep. um, by the end of the season, you saw him eating up more minutes. You saw him his willingness to, to learn and not just constantly go out and you know lay somebody out. Um, his game is, is going to get better, and I just think that Romanov is, is the guy, in my opinion, that... I showed some progress this year. You know, there's the obvious ones, but I really like where, where Romanov is heading. It's a great answer. That was my answer as well. Um, you know, you could argue Cole Caulfield from the first half to the second half of the season, obviously, but you're asking more improved throughout the season. Yeah. Um, I guess Christian Dvorak, uh, as the season progressed, showed me more and more, and I was more and more impressed by him. Uh, still not a second-line center, don't get me wrong, but... Uh, <laughs> Definitely, I, I like what I saw from him, and I think that he went from a guy who was – I was just a little bit puzzled by why they required him to a guy who could fit in on a good team as a third-line center. And I think that he does a lot of good things well. And at the beginning of the year, we didn't really see it. And as the season progressed, we saw him progress as well. So that 58 was, points, uh, a 58-point pace since Marty St. Louis took over. And it's not even the points, man. It's just, you know, his, no, his play. His, his, his general play, yeah. It's just been very, very good. So I, it would be Christian Dvorak for me. Obviously, we all watched the same team this year because I have Romanov as my most improved and I had Christian Dvorak as the honorable mention. So perfect, gentlemen. I completely agree with you. Top marks. Next. I, my honorable mention would have to be Suzuki. I mean, he hit 60, 60 points. But is right. he improved, though? Like, I don't know. I mean, that, that's it's, the debate of the question. He's growing, right? I mean, he's, yeah. he's, he's growing on pace to what he's supposed to be doing. I, I don't know if he's, like, improved, really. His voice, he's, got, he's speaking up more. He's got more of a voice. <laughs> <laughs> Most improved speech. Nick Suzuki, you heard it here. Who is your MVP, Dave? MVP of the season. That's a good question. I mean, it's hard not to give it to Nick Suzuki, right? I think that he's obviously by far the best player. I think if he were to have gone down, it probably would have been even more of a disaster of a season. Uh, he plays He plays well. He played all games. Um, he, Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know who you could give it out. Who else you could give it to? Well, before he got hurt, would you have given it to Jake Allen for dealing with all no. that crap? <laughs> no. No. Instantly, no. all right. I'm hopeful that one of you guys, well, obviously Dave said Suzuki. Vito, tell me you have somebody other than Suzuki. Who's your MVP? I was going to give it to Suzuki, but... If it is, it is. It's okay. I was hopeful just that somebody was going to say somebody else, and then I'd love to hear the reasoning behind it, because it's clearly Nick Suzuki. So, it's okay. We don't have to dive too deep into the question. If honorable mention? Give me an honorable mention. Go for it. Oh, Jesus, man. It's been, it was such a bad season. Is there really an honorable mention? There's not. Let's move on. Okay. Let's move fine. on. Let's move on. Give me your fan favorite of the year. Me? Yeah. You know, you sure. Play. Who's the fan favorite in your opinion of the year? Of the entire <laughs> Pizzetta. Of the entire year. Pizzetta? Pizzetta is a good. Pizzetta's I'm gonna great. go with Pizzetta. The obvious would have been would have been Cole, 
Especially sure. the way his season ended, but I'm going to go with Pizzetta. Everything This guy, everything he was doing up until maybe the last 10 games of the season, because it seemed like he was he was a bit drained out, was, you know, he things would happen on the ice. He would fight anybody if he had to. You know, he's walking around with this flair. You know, yep. uh, everyone was already compare, you know, talking about his, his hairstyle, his style in general, the way he carries himself. Uh, you know, so... I don't think he did anything wrong, and I don't think he did like he did the right things for what what the type of player he is. And our expectations of him were very low. He were, when he was coming in, it was just like, okay, just you know, plug Who on the fourth this? line. Who's Pizzetta? Okay, he played with the Laval Rocket, okay. whatever, okay. and he just stayed with the roster after that. So there's your fan favorite, Dave. Who's the only guy other than Guy Lafleur who got like minutes long ovation with his name being chanted? Mathieu Perrault, baby. Hat trick in the in against Detroit oh at the Bell Center. Look at that. He's the only no. guy. Only guy who got his name chanted oh, like that. No, no that's not oh, a fat no. favorite because he got chanted once. Oh no. I'm just joking, obviously. My answer would have been Pizzetta as well. Um, I guess, but like look, Nick Suzuki too is a fan favorite. I think if you if you look at at you know next next season, who's gonna get the biggest uh, applause at the beginning of the season when they when they intro the players it's probably going to be Caulfield Suzuki and if Carey Price is back Carey Price so um, I'll go with Nick Suzuki because you guys are insane and, yeah. fair 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 I was going to choose Monty no come on <laughs> I'm kidding I'm you kidding. know what you know what but he there was were... great on the mic and there were chants of Monty Monty throughout the year so I'm just saying you know who might I'm just saying in the fan favorite not so much of having a certain flair or being very obvious but probably Joel Edmondson He's somebody that like everyone was He's questioning a, whether where what's I, happening with him, and then he came back and he brought some stability, and you know he didn't really miss a beat per se. So I, I don't know. I think I think he's that stoic, silent kind of guy that are, like, he's on the ice. You know about him. He's good guy, strong, defensive, but he's not. He's we are not one third away favorite. from changing this podcast name to the Joel Edmondson Fan Club because Matt wanted him as captain of the team. I said he could be. I said he could favorite. be. This is just craziness. Joel Edmondson. I said he could be. I'm, Anyways, I'm surprised, I'm surprised Matt's fan favorite is not, uh, you know, one of the Pitlicks. Ooh. You know what? No, I might have no. to change my pick. No, no, no. <laughs> it was cool. It was cool, Caulfield. You're pissing Caulfield off is, Dave, Matt. Caulfield is the easiest and most likely answer for fan favorite. Who is, in your opinion, from a positive perspective, the player that surprised you the most this year? Dave. Oh, from a positive. I, I missed from that a positive. positive thing. No, because oh. negative is too easy. Positive. Oh, that's a good question. I guess it's going to be Romanov, man. I guess. I mean, like, look how look how good. I didn't expect him to have the most minutes on the team. Uh, I didn't expect the, the coaching staff to lean on him as much as they do. I didn't expect him to have the role that he played and, and to be as solid as he was. You know, I expected Romanov to be kind of a Yemelin type of player where he just dishes out the big hit here or there, hmm. and he has a ton of flaws. And Romanov, he does have his flaws, but he's still, he's been solid, man. So I think, to, to me, he would be the most pleasantly surprised. Okay. Vito, I'll give you two of them. One, one, one. honorable mention, but I'll give say one. Rem Pitlick. You bastard! That was mine. I'll say okay. him. He came, claimed him on waivers. Yeah, comes in, ends up, you know, with very 30, well. 37 points for somebody who has a waiver claim. He's probably going to be uh, go down as one of the best waiver claims the Montreal Canadiens have made, even if it is a, in a crap season. Um, honorable mention. I guess I'd give it to Laurent Dauphin. 
Why? Well, he, he he didn't do anything bad. He he did some good things. He was stable to a, to a certain degree, and I didn't have very high expectations for him to begin with. And when he came in, he wasn't somebody that you looked at and said, "Holy crap, send this guy down right away because it's just not working for him." He's an NHL player for a fourth line. Agreed. Brent Pitlick was 100% my pick. However, my honorable mention was Pizzetta for all the reasons that you had mentioned in the previous question. But yes, Ren Pitlick 100% was my was my shocking guy. Uh, last one here. Who is, and this might be a little bit tougher, the player that you actually forgot was a Montreal Canadian? Well, I have three. <laughs> <laughs> okay, give me three, Dave. All right, Adam three. Brooks. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Leaf, shit. Leaf legend Adam Brooks. Leaf legend, uh, Vegas legend. Pads Brandon legend. Paddock. That's my guy. Yes. <laughs> Played one game. An yep. ECHL legend, Cam Hillis. Cam Hillis. Oh, my God. Cam Hillis played? Yeah. See? There you go. That's my. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. Wow. I'll, 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 give, I'll give you two of them. Yeah. Cedric Paquette. Fair. Yes. Uh, like, who cares? Right? And, by the way. Who made the what? playoffs? It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. He's, uh, he's actually doing very well in the ball. But, yes. You're right. And, and um, Sammy Niku. I even forgot. Ooh. I forgot he's kind of on the roster at all, or that he's doing. I know he's not doing too bad in Laval, but I forgot he was there. I forgot that we claimed him on. Uh, did we claim him on waivers, or he was bought out? I don't even remember. I don't remember the entire situation with Sammy. We got him on waivers. We got him on waivers. We got him on waivers. I'm surprised, well, however, that was nope. there, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's a version of pickup. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, that's who. Um, maybe even mentioned. Uh, Belzil, but that that was no quickly. William Legison. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, with all due respect, that's one of the great answers because he's obviously leaving at the end of the year and he'll be a guy yeah. who he'll be like, just, hey, just a, 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 a half, huh? When, how long? Three games, like these other okay. guys that I named, like, like, like Baddock and, and Hillis, like you'll never see them somewhere else and you'll be like, oh, yeah, I used to play on the Canadians because they'll never make the NHL really. Whereas, you, you, know, I forgot about, was, you know, who I forgot was on the Montreal Canadiens, Joel Armia. Yoel Armia. Yes. Okay. One last thing. I have I'm gonna have to go through it quickly. There's a lot, but I'm just curious. So the uh, the NHL uh released today on Twitter the um the playoff tags for each team that's still in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I'm gonna read through them. You tell me which one is the best in your opinion and which one is absolutely ridiculous. Some are very vanilla, some are very interesting, and some are downright ridiculous. Here we go. Carolina's tag is hashtag take warning. Pretty simple, it's what they always have. Boston, it's 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 all of us. Okay, we should just no quit. <laughs> stop right there. Hard stop. Boston, what are you thinking? No quit in NY for the New York Rangers. That's Let's go today. pens for Pittsburgh. Time to hunt, Florida. Unleash the Fury, Washington. Okay. Uh, yep. Okay. Leafs forever, Toronto. Go Bolts, Tampa. Find a way, Colorado. <laughs> that sounds like such hope. Like, oh man. Let's just try to find a way. To please, win. please find a way out of the first round. Stand with us, Nashville. Uh, it's about winning, Minnesota. We all bleed blue, St. Louis. Fire it up, Calgary. <laughs> one state, one team, Dallas. Let's go, Oilers, Edmonton, and GKG for Los Angeles. Who has the best hashtag and who has the worst? 
I like Dave. I like no quit NY. I think that's good. No quit, uh, no no quit, and no quit in NY. Yep. Oh well, I could I could have told you a, a better one. It's no quit NY. <laughs> this anyway. is in fact no quit in NY. Okay. So I'm a big fan. Like I, I'm a big fan of a hashtag. You know, I'm a marketing guy, right? So you either put your team name in it or something that represents your team. So like a thing like. Uh, Bring on the fury for the Washington Capitals! <laughs> like, what the hell is that? Unleash, unleash, unleash the fury! <laughs> what the hell is that? What does that fury have to do with the Capitals? Like, it's all about a Mexican. It's just it's all about a Mexican. to tell you, I don't get it. I like the Flames. Fire it up! It doesn't yep. have the same team name in it, but you know it's about the Flames. Little sizzle, gotcha. Yeah, yep, I, I like yep. it. Yep. Um, that's about it. Those are the only two that I mean, like obviously, like the Leafs, whatever, the Bolts, and any. First yeah, anybody who didn't do anything fancy is pretty fine. much like, all right, whatever. It's but that's how it should be, to be honest, because who's gonna think of putting up unleash the fury every time you talk about the Capitals? <laughs> nobody, so, nobody. All right, so Dave Dave that. thinks Washington has the worst one by far. Fair. Okay. Well, Vito, who's got the worst one? A very bad one as well. Okay, so <laughs> I'm gonna say the best worst one, because it's a it's like completely an oxymoron in itself, is the Colorado one. It's like it seems it's it's funny to me. I laughed. It's like these guys they don't have confidence in their own team. Find they don't have confidence in what they're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna find a way. We failed up previous years, but we're gonna find a way this year. Hashtag. So I'll go with the worst one. <laughs> uh, I really really dislike Boston's. It's all of us. What the hell is that supposed to mean? Even Minnesota's is pretty stupid. It's all about winning. Like no shit. What no, it's about losing. Going to the Minnesota does not have a winning culture, so what's all about winning? (laughs) Maybe if they tell it to themselves enough, you know, (laughs) that's it. All right, well, thanks very much, boys. Appreciate that. Everybody else, uh, please feel free to drop us a comment about what you think is the hashtag that has the the, the one that speaks to you the most, the best one out there, and the one that makes you laugh probably the most, the most ridiculous one. Um, Vito's pointing to something, I'd like to know what. What are you pointing to? The episode, man, is sponsored by Cafe Victorious. Come on, you know this already. Fantastic food, fantastic coffee, friendly environment. I got to do the job for you, man. Cafe Victorious, fantastic sandwiches and lunch specials. And there you have it. And look for Paulo and Peter. (laughs) Perfect. And everybody else, again, as always, we thank you so very much. Please remember to subscribe. Please remember to like the video if you can. Uh, go on all the various social medias that are out there. We are everywhere. Find us. Check us out. Spread the word. Always a wonderful and thankful time to all of you for spending it with us. So for Vito and Dave and I'm Matt, and this was Get Puck.